0: Welcome to the Wheels Up Podcast, the resource to help business, executive, and VIP travelers stay safe on the ground and in the air. Join Executive Protection and Travel Security Specialist Troy Clayton as he shares tips on how to give yourself or those in your care a safe journey, no matter where your travels take you.
1: And welcome back to the Wheels Up Podcast with Troy Clayton. Hey, Troy. How you doing? Hey, Brent. How are you, Mike? I'm very well, thank you. And as Troy says, my name is Brett Brett Jarman, the co-host. We're cleared for takeoff. Let's jump straight into today's subject, shall we, Troy? Let's do it. Alrighty. So, how to protect executives and board members against hostile shareholders? So, I, I did a bit of um, did a bit of homework on this, and I googled shareholder meeting attack, and I was amazed at the number of stories that came up. But a lot of them, most of yeah, them, were, right. yeah, yeah, I was, I was quite surprised, but most of them were about sort of non-violent attacks, so people sort of launching hostile bids or protest groups and mm. shareholders complaining about executive salaries or positions on various things or whatever. But, but buried in the results, I found a story. It was from Nestle in Switzerland from back in, just let me check my number here, back in 2010, Okay. We're a guy at a shareholder meeting. He he managed to conceal himself in the in the rafters of the the building wherever the shareholder meeting was being held. Uh-huh. And during the meeting, he absailed down and he and he dropped a banner, um, and he was protesting about uh, something to do with orangutans and what Nestle was doing, um, and it might have been palm oil that they were. I was going got palm oil. Yeah, sourcing palm oil from somewhere in Asia is my guess. But yeah, that shows yeah, yeah. the length. and even though no one was hurt and the intention was fine, if someone can go to that amount of trouble and be undetected, you know, that's that says says a lot about um, what kind of lengths people go to in these sorts of situations. So, so so that's one example, Troy. But tell that's us, what it, it is, it is. So, so tell us, why do you think executives and board members need protection, Either, and not necessarily against hostile shareholders, but it could be other forms of protesters?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that example you used is, is, is an excellent example. You know, it's, it's not always just about um, the physical threat, um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got some examples of where that did actually occur. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's also the, the, the threat of embarrassment. Um, or a, um, a political, either a politically motivated group or an issue, issue motive, motivated group. Uh, and I guess in the, in the case of Nestle, it would have been a, a protester against the, the Palm Oil. So um, rather than that meeting being remembered for, uh, I don't know, the, the budget that they may have been talking about at Nestle or, or the, the great things that they've been doing, I, I guess now all that uh, people are going to remember from that meeting is is how committed that guy was to get up into the rafters and abseil down. So, I mean, here we are talking about it right now. So, yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, for, 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 you know, for, for other examples, um, you know, you, you only have to look at, um, you know, a few things to, to, to see why it's imperative that CEOs uh, and I guess prominent company executives uh, have executive protection and, and, and risk mitigation strategies in place. Um, recently here in, in, in Australia, uh, we've seen um, a, a pie, uh, a pie uh, incident uh, involving Qantas Airlines um, CEO, Alan Joyce. Uh, where he he was set upon by a pie wielding protester Tony um, uh, I think Tony Overhew. In, in fact, the the story behind this is uh, you know it was a massive security failure. Um, the assailant um, you know he was uh, at a, a at a business breakfast um, uninvited, uh, which um, which uh, Alan Joyce was speaking at um tony so the the assailant he wasn't he wasn't checked into the hotel um he wasn't checked as he went into the room and he made it all the way up to the stage without being uh stopped by 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 anyone uh with let alone security and you know he had a lemon pie with him so you know that that's a t- textbook example of why executive protection should have been placed for for a, a high level ceo like alan joyce now at the end of the day what if what if this guy had a, a knife what if he had a a glass of acid which is which is you know isn't uncommon in, in places like the UK where they where they uh, they use that as a form of uh, assault and attack. know, realistically, that that incident should never have been uh, allowed to occur. So, um, that's that's a classic example of of why uh, high level CEOs or even high level executives uh, should have executive protection or, or risk management in place. You know, there's several risks associated with um, with with Alan Joyce's profile. Um, you know, if, if a security professional sat down and just went, okay, let's look at his profile and figure out what's the likelihood of attack here, um, you know, there, there is a, there's a high propensity for, 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 for an issue to occur. You know, um, one of, the, one of the, uh, the risks associated with uh, Alan Joyce's is, um, you know, you, you could look at their, their recent financial issues and, and albeit um, they're now back on track for a good year or a good couple of years, but there was a time there where uh, that, that would certainly have been a risk factor. Um, you know, there would have been several upset shareholders out there that may have been dreading investing their money in Qantas. Um, and, you know, you, you don't know what, what, what financial difficulty some of these people are in and, and what levels they're going to um, uh, go to to, um, to I guess, um, you know, uh, get justice or perceive justice back. Um, I guess the other, the other, another risk factor that you can look at with um, Alan Joyce was his, his, um, his view on the plebiscite on the, on the gay marriage. Um, which we had here recently in Australia, um, you know, So he immediately becomes a, a target to the right wing, as well as those who, who just disagree with his views. So, um, and in fact, that was what Tony Overhue was was um, protesting about was um, his his views on, on gay marriage. Um, so I guess uh, another another example of this would be, um, although not necessarily a CEO. Uh, but certainly a, a, um, uh, a high-level or a high-profile person uh, would be our former Prime Minister Tony Abbott. Um, you know, he was recently uh, attacked by a, um, and uh, intoxicated, I, I use the, the term intoxicated in, in inverted commas, but, uh, you know, a left-wing individual who was reported to be upset about Tony's uh, negative stance on gay marriage. But, you know, the reality was it was more of a case that he was just disgruntled or a disgruntled individual, more about um Tony Abbott, uh, Tony Abbott in general rather than just, just the gay marriage. Um, you know, but at the end of the day he was close enough to get close close to uh, close enough to, to Tony Abbott to headbutt him. So I mean that's that's pretty close. We're not just in, in, in arms arm's length. Like he's 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 in nice and close. Um, look I mean I don't I don't doubt that Tony Abbott as a former Golden Gloves boxer can take care of himself. But uh, you know, how would it look if a, a former prime minister uh, uh, was going to town on a member of the public? You know, um, that would make front page news, no doubt. I mean, it already did with the, with the headbutt. But um, you can only imagine what would occur if. On, um, um, in fact, on an article or a blog recently, uh, you know, the question. Um, about, you know, what, is it time to, that Australia considers a protection detail for our former, former Prime Ministers? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, as uh, full-on as that of, of the US, uh, but there's other other nations that do do it. Um, uh, but so, you know, it, it, it got mixed responses, but it was it was good conversation. So um, it, it was good to get out there and see uh, the, the, uh, the security community and uh, open discussion about it. You know, I guess the point is that I'm trying to make is that, uh, anyone that's high profile, um, whether that be CEOs or high-level executives, um, should consider executive protection. Um, companies don't need the embarrassment of their CEOs or their executives being attacked, uh, assaulted, or injured. Uh, in fact, the CEO or the uh, you know if the CEO or the executive is injured um, and, and 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 is out of action for a while, this, this obviously leads to uh, a decrease in productivity. So, it, you know, it, it impacts on the, the company's financials. So I guess at the end of the day, it should be a case of, um, you know, rather the amount of money that companies shell out for security being seen um, as a burden, it should realistically be seen as an investment uh, into productivity uh, and not that burden that we sort of, sort of mentioned. Now, I guess at the end of the day, a security team or, a, or an executive protection operative would, would weigh up the risk um, of the executive or the CEO or, or their high profile person um, in the area that they're in. And they'll they'll make that decision, uh, you know, whether they need to step in and intercept a a potential threat or not. So whether that be a pie in the face, um, you know, a a, a knife, uh, uh, acid, or just someone that wants to get on stage and and disrupt a meeting, um, that's what an executive protection uh, operative would be able to identify and uh, make that, I guess, that POP assessment or that that, that quick risk assessment and decide whether they're going to get in and, um, you know, intercept or not.
1: Okay. So not, um, not every type of business perhaps would be exposed to this risk. But what sort of businesses do you think are, have a higher risk of, you know, protest or violent behaviour against executives? Yeah, it's, I guess it's a bit of an open-ended question. I mean, I think that um, a lot of
0: companies, if not all, are, are open to uh, obviously security risk uh, and they're also open to uh, upsetting um, someone somewhere in some form. So there's always that potential for, for protesters um, or issue-motivated groups or political-motivated groups or whatnot um, to, to, to disrupt um, their operations or by whether that be attacking the CEO or one of their executives or, or just embarrass, embarrassing them. So I guess, you know, we, we've worked across multiple sectors, financial sector. Uh, mining resource executives and ceos they're they're usually generally targeted by sort of the, the left wing and the, the, the con- conservation protesters uh generally um uh, big business fortune 500 companies um you know they're they targets for everything from physical attacks through, through to embarrassment as i as I, said, as I said uh on their ceos um and even construction companies some of the larger con- uh construction company executives uh, some of the ceos they're, they're at times held to ransom by unions you know you see it on, on the news um that uh, there's been delays on sites and, and unions are involved you know their risk profile would be significant um, obviously some of the ceos um they're 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 on time limits they're trying to get you know trying to get uh you know con- construction through or, or jobs finished uh and the unions know that they can um, they can they can hold these guys to ransom Now, some of them are you know some of them are more militant than others uh, and I'm certainly not suggesting that, that unions are, all unions are bad uh, or that all union members are bad. I'm just saying that some are a little bit more militant than others and, and some can uh, and do at times blur the line of what is acceptable industrial action and what isn't. Um, and that may be a case of targeting the CEOs, again, whether that be physical or just uh, a case of embarrassing, embarrassing them on, on, um, on film. Uh, or you know, impeding their their movements, whether that be on a site, uh, their workplace, uh, or to or from to or from their workplace. So that, that, those sorts of things do occur. Um, I guess another example is, is just off the top of my head is, is um, uh, Heineken, um, uh, Freddie Heineken. He was he was kidnapped in 1983. So I mean, it just goes to show that even beer moguls are at risk. So you know, it's pretty broad.
1: Got it. Okay, so do they just need protection at shareholder meetings, or are there other situations where they might be at risk? Um, no, it's not. I guess it's not just
0: uh, not just shareholder meetings. Um, and, and I'd almost suggest that the shareholder meetings are not. There is obviously a risk associated with it, but I, I guess um, you would like to think if, if the company is doing well, then the, the risk is lower. Obviously, if the um, if uh, the particular company is is uh, in the red. Or not doing as, as well as what they had in previous years is probably going to be a few uh, disgruntled shareholders. But I guess um you know board meetings, boardroom meetings, um and that could just be a case of having static static corporate security, you know guys there that are trained E P guys that you know can work in the corporate environment, uh, basically just checking off on um, IDs as people come and go, making sure that um you know uh, making sure that the, the room has uh, the right people in it and and the, those that are uninvited aren't getting there. I mean, I guess that's a, that comes back to what we were talking about with uh, Alan Joyce, you know, that, that uh, the, uh, the pie-throwing incident. Um, you know, Tony Overhue wasn't supposed to be there. He, he got in and no one sort of checked him as he went through. So, um, yeah, boardroom meetings, um, you know, at the end of those meetings, you know, EP guys or, or, or operatives can um, organise secure transfers and, and transportation um, to and from the actual uh, the location. And a lot of the time... Um, what we found, we've, well, we've done in the past, anyways. Uh, some of the board members that are that are flying out from, you know, any, whether it be from the US or from, from India or, or various other countries that they're coming into Australia for uh, to conduct their meeting, they they tend to do um, uh, do some, some activities outside of work. So whether that be heading to a sporting event or whatnot. So uh, in regards to that, we we've provided executive protection uh secure transfers and secure transport um for those events that would be a case of going it might be a case of going to the the, the sporting event the stadium previously uh, or prior to them getting there and doing a full advance um, i guess another example would be uh uh just some general travel with if if, if, they're, if they're traveling for business and we've spoken about this i think in episodes two three and four you know executives traveling with, for business um, you know, whether it be the CEO or, or high-level executives, it's, it's always a good idea to either consult with a risk management firm or, or 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 have someone in location um, provide them with um, with uh, security and safety support.
1: All right. So, at what point should they should a board or, or an executive team bring in a professional um, to, to help or or to at least have their risk assessed? Um, I guess. Uh,
0: it should be well in advance of a, of a published date. So, if they are coming over for a boardroom meeting or a board meeting, uh, if they're coming over for shareholder meetings, uh, if uh, if they're just coming over to meet the staff, I guess it's you know the the the, the greater the lead time, the better. Uh, the sooner you can start planning, the better. Um, obviously, there are certain specifics that take a little while to lock down, and you can't always lock them down until sort of you know the eleventh hour. Uh, but obviously, um, the planning should be should be done well in advance.
1: Okay, cool. And just before you wrap this up, Troy, one last question. You mentioned about uh, Tony Overhue. He, he got all the way to the podium with Alan Joyce without anyone even questioning what he was doing, let alone what's that in your hand. So should people attending shareholder meetings or, or business breakfasts or such things, should they go through security screening or is that taking things a bit too far?
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. I, I don't think it's taking it too far at all. I, I think the bare minimum should be, you know, your um, your you um uh, as you walk through just uh, to make sure that they're, they're, you know, they're not carrying anything they're not supposed to. You can have a, a security guy there with a wand just checking. It doesn't have to be overly um, intrusive, um, but realistically in today's uh, today's age, I think um, security, security should be paramount. It should be at the forefront of everyone's mind. It should be at the forefront of CEO's mind. Um, you know, at, and at the end of the day, I mean, uh, the threat's not just to the CEO. I mean, for instance, if, if there was a, um, uh, I don't know, look, if, if, if a disgruntled uh, shareholder went in and we worst case scenario it was an armed offender, um, it's not just the CEO that's at risk. It's all the other shareholders uh, and, and, and several other staff members that may be, may be involved in the meeting. So um, really there's a duty of care from, from that particular company to all of their other shareholders to ensure that they're in a safe environment. So absolutely, I think um, that uh, any of those types of meetings should have um, and, and um, a high level of security, too, yeah, for sure. Okay, terrific.
1: All right, so so we'll wrap it up there, Troy. If anyone wants more information about how and when to hire an executive protection agent, just jump across to the, to the Wheels Up podcast website. So that's wheelsuppodcast.net and if you you look for episode six, that's where we start talking about this in more detail and there's actually an e-book that you can download where we go into this in more detail um, or Troy goes into it in more detail and it's quite extensive. It covers events such as those that we've talked about but also other um, situations for executives and VIPs. Thanks again, Troy. A a fountain of information as always.
0: Fantastic. Happy to be here. Look forward to the next one. Indeed. Safe travels. See you, Brett. You've been listening to the Wheels Up Podcast with Troy Clayton. For more information, show notes, resources, and subscription options, visit wheelsuppodcast.net. Wheels Up is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.
1: Until next time, safe travels.